0: Head on over to morgandwilliams.com newsletter and putting your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now let's start today's show. Wouldn't it be easier to make sales if you knew exactly which prospects were in market looking to buy now? According to Discover.org, 80% of decision makers who are new in their job make decisions about the big changes and purchases they are going to make within their first 90 days. And these decision makers spend over $1 million on new initiatives within this period. People are hired for leadership roles because a company wants to make a change. This leader will oftentimes Look for ways that they can shake things up, like introducing a new strategy, new stack of tools or solutions, and forming new strategic partnerships. The first 90 days is the best time for you to get your sales message in front of them and help them craft their strategy and evaluation criteria. If you're interested in reaching the right buyers at the right time and getting in front of prospects who want to buy now, I've created a tool that does just that. Hired List is a weekly newsletter that provides verified emails of marketing managers, directors, VPs, and C-level executives in the Fortune 500 who were recently promoted or hired. Go to HiredList.com to sign up. That's H-I-R-E-D-L-I-S-T.com. Go to HiredList.com. Dot .com to sign up today. My guest in today's episode is using a combination of LinkedIn video sales letters and email to generate new sales meetings and opportunities. And what's really interesting about my guest's approach is that he has an engineering background and he's used that skill set to create his outbound sales framework. He calls his framework outbound engineering and he routinely uses it to rake in 30 plus demos per month in 90 days or less with zero SDRs. If you want a systematic approach to booking meetings at scale, you'll want to
1: tune in to this entire episode. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you are sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years, and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast. For you each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome Welcome to to Outbound Outbound Metrics. Metrics.
0: Joe Petruzzi is the CEO and principal of Wayland Consulting Group, a group of outbound engineers who design and run potent, visceral outbound cadences and funnels that get you demos in your calendar, customers on your platform, and MRR in the bank, period. Sounds good to me. Joe, are you ready to dive in? Yes. Yes, I am. Awesome. So how does your agency get results for your clients? Yeah,
2: right now we're kind of doing a mixture of done with you and consulting only. So basically our big thing is copywriting, uh, advanced cadences, and we primarily use LinkedIn and email. So essentially we want to make an automated funnel of a LinkedIn and email follow-up where or, or sometimes it you know, goes different ways, uh, but utilizing those two channels along with some video funnels and really like either funny or, you know, kind of story-based copy to make sure that someone genuinely believes that it's not automated, at least laugh from it. And mm-hmm. they can really get something out of it. And at the minimum, if your targeting good, that they can at least say, let's book a 50-minute call because this is just funny. And I, I do have this problem. And, you know. <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> what would you say makes you different than other agencies or unique from other agencies?
2: Yeah, I would say we do. I mean, I know outbound people, they do like cold calling and they do like some people can do even direct mail. Like there's a lot of different outbound strategies. We focus on LinkedIn and email. And we even go deeper with some clients, like email works better for LinkedIn, like overall. So sometimes it's even just one channel, but we just try to maximize everything with the copy. And again, people that work with us, they have a good message and some clients, they know what their value prop is. So once you've got that, we our big thing we do is just like get really creative with the copywriting we do. And really like, again, funny and try to stand out. And we try to also like make things look real, even when they're automated. Like we'll do like a lot of funny image personalizations or videos. And again, we just really do a lot of detail now where I think some agencies, like you can get demos, like, you know, in simpler ways like, or less demos, but sure. some, some niches are really easy, but some are, I do, you know, we have a lot of niches and some, you need to go like an extra kind of level just to even get a demo. And because, auto, you know, automated app on is so, it's just a crowded market. Those people just run LinkedIn automation and they just do basic stuff. A lot of the sure. copy out there is really basic. So we just try to take it to the next level.
0: Okay. Awesome. Putting emphasis on the copy and automation. Do you have productized pricing or custom?
2: I would say we have prioritized pricing. Cause like for our consulting, it's again, we have a couple customers that just like, they want to run either more seats. They want like some more copywriting out of us. Cause again, we're doing a lot of done for you copywriting right now. So mm-hmm. sometimes we'll have some custom stuff for the most part, we just have like a flat retainer. And then we'll have like, if you're like websites or kind of stuff like that, like a, a quick funnel build, we'll do one-off pricing sometimes as well.
0: Gotcha. And who is your ideal customer?
2: Our dual customer is basically B2B SaaS or B2B like technology companies. It could be like software dev shops, stuff like that, who are going after either small or medium-sized business all the way up to about mid-market or so. And they have either, again, some clients to validate their product, if they're a SaaS or if they're a technology company, they just have enough information from their current clients about what their pain points are. And they just have a good sense about what they do and you know how they do it and why it's important in the world. That way we can just kind of take that and go
0: at it. Awesome. So the example we're going to be talking about today, some of the results you've gotten in the past, just starting off with this first one, would this be an example from your business or something you're running from a client as far as a campaign is concerned?
2: I've got a couple. We have, um, I'd say like the one we can look at was definitely, I won for a client. Um, we were pretty proud of, it. we had, it was about a two month, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was like one and a half, maybe two month time slot. So we had an email cadence. It was 81% open rate, uh, 6% conversion rate on that. So, so meetings bug was about 60 opportunities generated for that. And that one, if anyone goes to the website, it's actually one of the cadences on our, we have a pop-up opt-in you can look at. It's Mm -hmm. like three funny cadences we have. And that one was fun because we, it was me and the client and we were kind of like brainstorming. He's a really good marketing guy too, but he has a marketing brain. And we made this cadence where basically it was like one of those things where someone internally talked to someone in the company and it Mm -hmm. looked like they were having a chat. We took a Zoom meeting with all of his employees on a Zoom call. And then we had like a website browser open. And then we used Lemlist to do the image personalization for the website. We had to really make sure the list was clean. That's one problem. you got to have company emails. But Mm -hmm. we had that. And then it looked like, hey, like it was like, I um, really liked our meeting today. You know, thanks, Steve. We talked about those three CX mistakes that company name was using. I actually took a screenshot so we didn't forget. It shows the image. It looks real. And then mm-hmm. it goes like, hey, could you give them that quick assessment? You know, I think they'd be a good fit for it. And then he kind of comes back casually, like lowercase letters. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think they'll work really well. Let me reach out. I think it's um, John Stevens is our contact. Then the actual email we send them is like, hey, what's going on, John? You know, we reached out to you. We actually look at your website. It looks like you're doing good, but there's some, you know, CX mistakes you're using. We'd love to give you guys a, a free assessment. You know, we, we think you qualify because you're, you know, a growing mm-hmm. company. So we give them a free offer. It's not like, a, you know, we're selling them anything. And then that worked because then they would want to say, hey, I'll, I'll get some free value. And, this, and if they believe the string, mm-hmm. it was really powerful. Because again, at scale, you have all this detail in that. But like you start going after 500, 1,000 people. If you get people to genuinely believe that, they start to say, this is free. And these guys are talking about me. And I really would like to take advantage of this. They actually said they had a couple of people that when they went on the call with them, they were like, hey, what were those four mistakes that <laughs> we were making on our, on our site? And like, oh, oh, we got to have those ready. <laughs> so you got to be careful with that. But sure. that was probably the most fun. And also like just like as far as automated cold email, mm-hmm. uh, that was great. And we also, and I forgot to mention too, we did do a LinkedIn reach out before the email. So we basically said okay. like, hey, I have a question for you. And then it was like, it was a question about like something they do. So it was like, what? how much revenue do you get from this department or something? And it was like for a survey. So it wasn't like selling them. And mm-hmm. then the key was like, if anyone answered that, they were way more primed to them when they get the cold email later to actually like say, oh yeah, assessment. So sure. we gave them all this value. We gave them this like engagement. We gave them some value. Hey, here's, here's your assessment. So we think by the time that happened, we can get that opportunity. And that's why it worked really well. And, and I would say we, we actually did, we did some testing. It was really like the... F- Kind of like the founder or exec level was definitely the one that worked the best versus like the user level. They love the assessment. So that's why we just kind of doubled down once we knew that.
0: Awesome. So a lot of detail here. I want to dig into this one. The client that you're working with, just for some background context, what industry is he in exactly?
2: It's kind of tough to like say an industry. He mm-hmm. is, so he's a B2B SaaS product. He's helping okay. basically like companies who sell to consumers. Okay. And it's like, that's kind of like what they're doing. And then for there, he's more on kind of like, you can say the customer, we've got customer support, customer experience, that kind of thing, department where they're just trying to make everything really lean. And they want to know like kind of next level stuff. Like I want to know like all these details about my agents or how my operations person is doing like details like that. And they just don't get that from like the existing softwares they're using. So they're just kind of making whatever their current stack is. They're just like kind of adding a great level uh, layer onto it so Mm -hmm. they can see all these things. And they save their customers a ton of money because... They have so much stuff they don't track, so they just waste a bunch of money mm. you know, from that. That's his big problem. That's why, like, again, for him, like, the audit assessment thing worked really well because when they come in here, their software obviously solves all these problems very quickly because you can see all this, but they'll ask them a bunch of questions or, or kind of go through an assessment of how they're doing with all these points, and most of them don't have an answer or the data on it. So they mm-hmm. say, well, it's great. Like, you know, you got to track it. You can either, A, you can use a spreadsheet, or you can scrap it together, or you can use our software. It's like, extremely quick, and it's you know, all there for you.
0: Awesome. He's selling to companies that sell consumer products to people and helping them with like customer experience issues. Some software that helps them with that helps them save a lot of money. So I assume his ideal customer is going to be someone or a company that's making sales. They've got like a solid operation going, but they could definitely use some cost cutting measures, probably in like yeah, or something like that.
2: And when you get you start going through like for consumer stuff, like say Black Friday, you have even a couple agents. There's no software out there that really get you to have like that level because it's just so expensive. So you have a couple agents, you've got to track stuff and you have, you have Mm -hmm. stuff to do to make it better, but you can't get an enterprise grade software. So that's why he fits in really well with that. Cause it's just like right there. It's not this massively expensive thing, but it gives you a lot of value. And again, we did people from that had like, they can have one support person or one one man show support all the way up to like, you know, again, 50. Um, That that was about like his range for that. So yeah.
0: Okay. So this software operates within support people in support roles, like tracking them and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: He's got like, it's, I think like the operational kind of people leading the whole support department will get the most value from it. But there's also kind of some things in there for like the reps themselves.
0: Gotcha. In that way. Okay, cool. So it says you started with LinkedIn. How do you initially build out and find these people to contact for him?
2: Yeah, we used to do Sales Navigator. And unfortunately, I just had a really bad time with it for like three months straight where I had... It was like every time I would get a new client used for three months, all the new clients we got, we would do a list considering they're completely different prospecting filters and stuff. And I would just get awful lists. And I went through and I was like, why are we having bad people? <laughs> and I started looking through. them am like, all right, I got people that are looking for tech companies and we're getting restaurant owners on Sales Navigator. I did a really like fine-tuned advanced stuff on the titles and all this stuff. And just I got mad after a while. So, like with our LinkedIn automation tool, I'll give them that later. Um, again, they have an, some options. And then finally, I got this new tool, like, you know, six, seven months ago, I switched over and they had a CSV option. Oh, cool. So, I'm not, use, I don't need to do sales navigator. Let me go to mm-hmm. um, see other stuff. And I found with pricing, we use Apollo IO. I just mm-hmm. like them because it's just like for the money. I think it's a no brainer. Because, again, for us, like th- with their plan, they have like the 99 bucks a month plan, you get like their whole database. Mm-hmm. The only you have to do is like you have to save 25 people at a time. That's like the only like caveats that they get you. And then if you want to like the like 50,000 records at a time thing, you need to get their annual. I forgot mm-hmm. how much it was, but it's significantly more expensive. It's probably more in the Zoom Info territory. Okay. But I have someone on my team that can do that. And they bust it out pretty quick, 25 people at a time. And most of the batches sure. we do on a cold email, it could be from 300 to like a thousand. So like that's not a huge lot of labor work. So for the money, we use that. And I, I've been pretty happy with like the data they give us because I'll ask for like a verified email. They always give you a LinkedIn profile, so that's I can always do a LinkedIn campaign with it. Mm-hmm. I'll ask for a verified email that gets it to pretty good and then we'll kind of throw it through Neverbounds just to do like a one last clean because sometimes Apollo you could have like 10 or 15% that just still aren't clean. Mm-hmm. But that way we get everything. We have the LinkedIn profile, um, email, verified at least, and they they're pretty decent with phone numbers too. And they have a lot of other data that Navigator didn't have, like, you know, revenue funding, stuff like that. And those again have been decent as well.
0: Sure. Okay. I've heard good things about Apollo.io. All right. Awesome. I like that. Uh, Most people I talk to use Sales Navigator, but it's cool. You found something different that works for you. You're using that to build the list. What are you searching for? How are you targeting people?
2: Yeah. So like we use Apollo again, like for like a client, it's going to be different for like what they want. So we Mm -hmm. always, the big filters we use are always like, we've got title, we've got company size, we've got any other like persona data. So it could be like, what's the level of title they are for like the more the bigger companies. We're doing like managers and VPs. That, that's like the three we always do. And then from there, we all, if we have technology, we'll have like the technologies tab where it's like they use Salesforce or they use Zendesk or something like that. That Apollo and a lot of these companies, they don't always have tech there. Like it's kind of limited, but you have that mm-hmm. as a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also from there, the biggest thing is keywords. Because if we have keywords that are, if I'm like for looking for SaaS companies, I'll like do platform um, I'll do like software, things like that. And like not technology firm or not consulting. Like you want to like sure. get out some of that. Cause when you do computer software and internet, again, Apollo is pretty good, but sometimes you're going to have a couple companies that are just, they, they're kind of computer software, but they do services and like, they're kind of like a tech company, but like mm-hmm. my clients looking for SaaS only, it's not going to make any sense. So like, I think keywords are the biggest thing that can really decipher a list. And then of course, like the industry too, sometimes that, that'll come into play.
0: Cool. Awesome. So using those filters to narrow down your list. So once you have this list at a high level, like what are the big touch points we're looking at and how are you? And then we'll go into each of those.
2: As far as um, like kind of making sure it's good or or like putting into our campaigns?
0: Or putting it into the campaigns from there.
2: Oh yeah. So like, We'll do Apollo, like a normal thing we'll do is we'll take Apollo, we'll get the CSV for it, then we'll run it through NeverBounce and get our, we'll actually do both. We'll do verified and our unverified emails, because I still have LinkedIn profiles for the people that have an unverified email. I don't want to waste those leads. And then what we sure. do is like a normal cadence we'll do, we'll start with LinkedIn and then go email. So like we'll have two campaigns on LinkedIn, we'll have verified and unverified. So the verified ones, they get all the people that have a verified email and a LinkedIn profile. So they go there. And we'll, again, for like, the, we use expand iO for the LinkedIn mm-hmm. automation. I've been very happy with it. Um, it's got a ton of features and they have CSV. So like for them, you just put it in and then you just map the fields, very simple. You hit save on the search and you can just dump it in your campaign. So then those people will run, and then the people the unverified, the exact same list, but just no, you know, the email isn't verified. We'll just do the same thing for them and they'll run them through an unverified cadence. And typically for us, like an unverified cadence will be like very salesy. Some people can, you know, say, mm-hmm. Hey Joe, like you can add cold calling to that and all that stuff. For the most part we're trying to do as much as we can to get them closed in or you know to a call in that linkedin campaign because that's pretty much all we have without mm-hmm. the email and again we'll do a lot more crazier stuff we'll try to do like more video funnels or we'll try to do even video stuff to convert them more like uh, video thumbnails that we can in there but if not you know again that's kind of how it is when we lose them but we'll still so we have their data for later if we want to ping them again like you know much later down the road if they say no and then the verified ones will run a linkedin cans it still has something in there but it's a little softer Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still an ability for them to kind of close off that and, and in the call on LinkedIn. And then the, then we email drip them with the verified, so the, and that can be a lot of different things. Like I said, like the case study we're looking at, we did almost nothing on LinkedIn with that. That was just an engagement thing to warm them up. And he, he was running them for paid ads before that. So like, again, it's fine, but sometimes we, we can just do a straight up and do the pitch and then we, we pitch them again in a different way and email. Cause some people just don't look at it. Some people like just don't have time to reply to you. And some people, honestly, just it's, it's a timing thing. It could be like a, a couple weeks timing. I've had people that are just, mm-hmm. they don't look at it and they say, dude, I saw your message a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm sorry if they're replying. We could probably talk in a couple of weeks. I just got to finish up some things here with my manager, you know, like things like that. And you're like, sure. so the email still got it. And I would say like when we run those, like it can go either way. But I, I found that just like sometimes you can get a lot of people off of email instead of LinkedIn because of just the channel. They just mm-hmm. don't use LinkedIn much. I right. For my agency, like we always, we didn't have much. With email warm-up, as far as like it was probably five to ten percent of the meetings we booked came from that. Mm-hmm. But we had a ton of clients that just like because of who they serve, like the link, the LinkedIn email, the email did like 60 or 70% of the meetings booked were from the email um warm-up, not the initial LinkedIn cadence. In. So that's why I I still run those like default, unless mm-hmm. there's some other strategy that's different, you know, for a client we're using.
0: Okay. Awesome. So two different main campaigns one for verified email one for unverified you're running email and linkedin cadences on both for the verified a little bit of a softer approach on linkedin uh trying to warm them up there because you always have the email to fall back on then after that they go into an email cadence right and yeah with the, with the unverified kind of uh more sales emphasis put on the front end with linkedin because well you don't have the the verified email to go off of mm-hmm. after that but you try and back it up with um more intricate you know videos video funnels things like that to get them engaged mm-hmm. okay cool cool so we're kind of splitting those two out like that what do these cadences look like from a copier's perspective starting with linkedin like what are you saying to them and, and kind of what do those messages look like
2: yeah the t- i'd say the the two ones we run with um we always start with because of their performance is like the first one is the vsl one so like mm-hmm. we have like again, we, we have a VSL ourselves. Sometimes our customers and a lot of our customers like unfortunately don't have like a legitimate VSL. They'll have to mm-hmm. craft something together. If they don't have a video sales letter, they'll at least I'll ask them and I'll help them with like writing at least a very good sales letter. It could be a written one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always say, Hey, here's the connection message. We do always keep it like gen- we never get pitchy there. We talk like pretty generic connection messages. And then from there, those vary depending on the niche. But if we can get like 25%, like a 30% connect rate, we'll keep it good. And then the first follow up will send some kind of either thank you only and keep release off like, you know, thanks for connecting, you know, ask them a question. How, how are you or how did you get in your career? Sound like that. And then the second message will send a VSL. Hey, I, I was just thinking to you, like it could be like a couple hours later, just thinking to you, by the way, I thought you might like this, this article um, or this video. And then like, there's that VSL. We, we put the title of what the VSL is, like how to scale your company to whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we get them excited. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes we go connect message and just go right into VSL. It just kind of depends. But like, I would say like the VSL does a lot of work. Cause we, again, personally with us, we started doing it ourselves and did it to clients because we get people that run through our VSL. They would never talk to us on LinkedIn. Again, they would just book a call cause they saw the VSL hit the button and then just book the time with us cause they saw the video. Mm-hmm. And then from there it trips off to if they might've seen the VSL, but they didn't book. Then we have two follow-ups and the main follow-up we do I don't know if it's just unverified cold cadence, we'll kind of throw in a lot of heat and a lot of people will be like, well, Joe, like, you know, I think it's going to be really salesy and all that stuff. But the bottom line is if your message is very good, if you mm-hmm. know we're targeting the right people, and again, what you're doing is truly like an important thing, you're just going to scrape out the three to 5% of your market that's willing to get on a call with you. Like a 3% are ready to buy, but there's five or 6% that are like, they'll top on a call to see what the deal is. And that's the point. We don't care about all the haters, you know, because it's outbound, right? So that message is going to be like, hey, what's going on? Like if I like the video, tell me more about yourself, by the way, a quick intro, blank. And then we got the value prop and the value props out there. And we say, here's our track record. And then just, this should be just a, you know, a giant list of case studies of like what, and these case studies have to map to that original value prop. They're going to map to what the VSL says and map like what this client is trying to get. And again, if the targeting's there, people at the minimum will see these numbers and be like, oh, hold on. Okay. Let me just, let me see what the deal is. And mm-hmm. again, if I'm going after someone in customer sport and I'm saying, you know, I have a founder message, like, yeah, we'll scale you to 5 million in two months. Like customer support's not going to care much. It's not, right. it looks like a spam message, but if the founders send there, like, it might look spammy, but like, they're, they're always going to say, all Are right, you we'll give a video. Yeah. yeah. Give a results. Do you have like a, a website, something, right? Yeah. I mean, cause it's just so much heat there and that's the point. And it is more salesy, obviously, but like, that's the point of that, but you want to grab who's kind of ready to go right now. And so we'll do that. And then like, also, Hey, do you want to just hop on a quick call? And then below that, we'll attach sometimes some sales letters to or some content pieces like for them. So if the client has a lot of content and they have some things that help, we'll throw their hey, by the way, here's a quick resource for you. Thought you might like it because every time if someone clicks on those links, they're also going to build some kind of rapport. They're going to get that seven hours in before they kind of close by reading those things. So that, that's mm-hmm. the main point. And then the last one is most of the time just a ping. I have a little bit more description about like one last thing. Like, do you want to save 30% of your time, blah, blah, blah. But most of the time, it's just like, hey, just want to do a quick follow up. You know, that make sense to hop on a 15 minute call and see if we can help each other out you know by the way here's some more resources for you and again it might seem spammy it might come off like that especially in the unverified cadence but that's that's the point we're just trying to get those people in in that cadence and again if the, if it all comes to the messaging and, and when these things haven't worked for us like I, let's say a client was like they get like maybe one or five people interested out of like a couple hundred joe this is a bet it was always the messaging that they told us right and then mm-hmm. we'd have to go in and help them with that it was not like if you tell me like, all right, these people care about this, I have to believe you because I don't know your niche. Like you, right. you, made, a, you made a business for it. But then if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. It's my fault. I have to you know, console you. We have to get that message together correctly. And mm-hmm. then we can put it in because I know we have frameworks. We have systems. We have like kind of best copywriting practices, even with our funny and jokey stuff. We have some stuff laid out that I know has worked with the messaging being in place. But if it's not there, it's not going to work. That's kind of like our main thing on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And that was five messages total, right? I think I had that there. Yeah. At
2: the the most, like we'll do connect, we'll do like a soft something, like a soft Mm -hmm. message then like VSL. And then like, here's the pitch and then kind of like a a
0: quick ping to that. Okay, cool. Cool. Awesome. I love that. That's your LinkedIn cadence going from email to there. What does that look like going from that LinkedIn to email?
2: Yeah. So like the one I told you, that's probably more on like the more salesy side. If we have like, if we have like no email, if we had this, We would still do VSL. We still have one pitch in there. Maybe we just want to have, like, that last follow-up, for example. But when we move to email, we always want to use the most, like, either funny or the most, like, kind of potent customization we can. We use LemList. I will say this. um, It's funny, you know, the timing of this. Expandy just released a Hyperize integration where you can do, like, the custom image stuff on LinkedIn now. And, like, we're just rolling that out. So, like, that's going to change the game. But before, we didn't have that for any LinkedIn automation tool to do the image personalization. We always use that in email to make sure we have that. So like an example, we'll run the first one has to be something that just gets them out of their chair. It doesn't have to be a pitch. It could be like a, again, here's my VSL again, or like, Hey, here's, um, here's something I thought you'd like, it could be a resource, but it's gotta be something custom that will like make them actually, you know, be engaged with it. And a lot of times we'll use image personalization. We'll use, again, we can even do like Loom video where it's like, hey, you know, like you make the video and it's like, hey, thanks for clicking. And you just, it's a generic video, but you make it look like it's for them. It's like, hey, you know, quick video for you, bud. The link is like hashtag or slash first name, last name from company name, insights for Joe, something like that. Mm. And then that gets them to go. Again, that video doesn't have to pitch them. It could just be like a quick resource for them, but just to get them going. And then the second follow-up, that's when we'll say, hey, this should be either the VSL one more time, or it should be like, hey, real quick, this is kind of something I thought you guys might like or uh, a pain point I see you guys are doing. And again, if you know your customers, most of them probably have the same problem. So we're still doing like one more piece, like here's some value. And then again, but we're not doing any crazy pitch. We always kind of save the pitch for like the third or fourth message if we're doing a big cadence here. Mm-hmm. we do have in the signature, we again, we have the signature is the website, we've got the main value prop in the signature. And most of the time, if someone sees you on email and you mention, we always mention when we talked on LinkedIn, they'll go to your LinkedIn, they'll look at your profile and your profile's landing page. So
0: mm-hmm. you've
2: got, they always have this um, ability to see what you do. So that's why we don't do too much up front. And then again, and we have to make sure our subject lines are good, obviously. And then from there, like that second one might be like, hey, like I, I noticed your website you got you got a couple CX mistakes. Um, you know, which might hop on a quick call, you know, no problem. We can we can look it over. And then in like a couple of days, they haven't responded to that. And it's like, hey, man, want to fly up on this and just see if you'd be willing to take this on an offer, you know, just so you know, we blank and then there we go, the fight, just like LinkedIn, we do the value prop, here's some case studies for us, all that jazz. So, like, again, if this is the right targeting that's where it works we have a pitch they already saw we've tried to give them some stuff we've we've sent a video we have tried hard and if we're doing the image personalization right it's been we've tried to at least shown them that like that image we had was realistic so they might actually believe the story like i said in the you know the first case study like we do a really good job with the details they will actually think it's that and they'll pick up on it and if they just haven't replied to your email they'll be like oh i'm sorry oh my goodness i didn't see all these emails yeah dude this is crazy like let's you know let's hop on a quick call and take on the assessment or take on a you know an intro call here Mm-hmm. And then we'll just do like one, sometimes two follow-ups for that. Like, a, and that's like, you know, for a full like LinkedIn email, probably one or two more like, Hey, just want to check in here. Um, see if we can hop on a quick call. And then we'll do the same thing. Here's some resources I thought you might like. So we're just, we're constantly giving them resources. And if these resources are like actually good resources that they can find, even if they're mad at you for spamming them, even if they don't have the problem where they're not ready for the problem, these resources are normally relevant to them. So they'll click on it. And then just by them reading it, be like, Oh my goodness, look at this. This is like, awesome. Like, you know, I, uh, I, he taught me a lot. Yeah, exactly. And that, that builds so much trust with them. Cause again, when you're doing cold prospecting, that's the name of the game is any mm-hmm. kind of trust. And just to get, some people are very willing to get a 50 minute call with a complete stranger just because of what they do. Some people do have the problem, want to do it, but they just think you're sketchy, you know, and it's mm-hmm. really, it's a challenging thing. So content can do that. And obviously your landing page and your website should have as much social proof as possible and to, you know, help with that as well. But that's the biggest thing I would say like, and like sales letters always can like equalize, for someone who's just starting out, if you got really potent sales letters that just like deliver value, that can always bring you up for someone who's been doing outbound or that same thing for you for years because that trust is built with someone.
0: Awesome. So it seems like there's a lot of moving pieces here, but they're all kind of working in harmony. And it seems like a, at a high level, what you're doing is using the automation, personalization, to grab attention from people. And then the resources, the VSL, the case studies, kind of whatever you have there, is doing the heavy lifting with building that trust. Um, exactly. Providing social proof. Like, you're just getting their attention and then when they see all this value they have, they're like, okay, well, let me at least, either I'm in market or let me at least see what, you know, these guys are talking about. And getting yeah, exactly. The there. Okay, okay, great, great. That's like a really good one-two punch. This is what you do for like it seems like for all your campaigns, or for that's our default. Yeah, we got a couple
2: default. that like might run differently, but that's like what we always start with. If you're if you're a, a client that like meets our requirements of being where they're at, they know their message, they know your their clients and all that stuff.
0: Awesome. And the results from this. So you mentioned you got it was like an eighty one percent open rate from using this with your client in this yeah. kind of like B two B SaaS CX. Um, space, 81% open rate, 6% meetings, booked, six opportunities. How many people were in this campaign?
2: It was 6%. So let's see. So, oh, yeah. So that'd be 1,000. So 1,000 1, people in there? I might be able to get a stuff, actually. I might. But yeah, it, it must have been 1,000 because that was, yeah,
0: 60 opportunities. To... <laughs> okay. That's phenomenal. Yeah. 1,000 people in that campaign. Really good results there. I want to touch on one piece you mentioned that's near and dear to my heart, copywriting. I know you mentioned the... the yeah. <laughs> importance of that and i think it's something that's definitely overlooked a lot now with all the Mm. kind of new technology that's out there what do you suggest for someone who wants to brush up on their copywriting or start writing better you know they want to write a sales order they want to write a bsl they want to get their messaging better what should they focus on for that i
2: mean like i can definitely say like there's courses there's but and i even naming them like there's just so many i mean you general copyright you can always do i think the biggest thing For me, was like just being prospect focused with that. Like, with Mm -hmm. if you got even like doing crazy stuff like image personalization and like all that stuff. My goal is like either a to make them laugh and then make them see something that they might need because they're a prospect. And my again, it's a valid business. The software is helping someone, Mm -hmm. so like it's always like about them. And any copy there should make them feel like they're taken care of, or like their desired situation is going to happen through those words. If I say something like hey, we're gonna do a quick assessment. We'll actually give you all these actual insights. It's gonna help you you know, grow your revenue 2X without doing anything. It's completely free. It'll help you have your agents be happier. Like again, it's all stuff like that that always promises them something, has a claim. And again, when you've got case studies and sales letters, that can always back it up. Same thing with your sales letters. Like how to do something. You know, it's like, here's, a, here's an actual thing you can do, how to do this. I'm always doing it for them. I'm showing them case studies about like, it's happened before and it can happen to you too. And I, we're building that. And then we get into how to do it. And then even it finishes off. Just so you know, our company does this in the fastest way possible. Here's some case studies again. We can help you. Like, it's always about that. I think when you're just trying to say, like, we're this big company, like, when you do case studies and, like, social proof, it might seem like it's about you. But the point is just to show that you know your stuff and you're trying to help that prospect. And if you always have, like, that kind of helping nature, I think that's where it can be. Like, and that's the overall thing I would always focus on. Even if you're bad at copy or you're just learning English or just learning, you know, Chinese, you know, maybe you're just, like, you're, you know, language mm-hmm. bearers and people will write copy. It's hard to do that. they transition but if you can just kind of keep that as the base level most of the time that will do enough because i've seen people that just you know you can do like on copy as far as what the words are but they just they try to use everything to you know look toward the prospect it'll do better than someone who's a perfect english speaker Mm -hmm. who just like is gonna go at it but has no idea what to say (laughs) because that's what if you see those like let's say a big website for like a 50 million dollar plus company right their websites are not going to be super crazy you know for outbound they're going to be like you know, live with technology, like, Bro, you know, like really yeah. vague messages. You're like, what does that even mean? Yeah. You know, but sure. cause their brand is there, but like when you're in the earlier stage, like you know, lower than that, you gotta be so direct with your message and you gotta be like, so prospect focused on that with everything on your website. And also like, you know, with your app on stuff.
0: Awesome. Be prospect focused, make them laugh, make them believe they will get their desired income and just be super direct in your messaging.
2: Yeah. Or like, I don't know, some people I'm sure like they sell like they might have other coaching programs that are like not promising money, but like whatever they're trying to get. Just like you're going to be taken care of if you like call with you have a call with me.
0: Awesome, Joe Petruzi, WaylandConsultingGroup.com, W-A-Y-L-A-N, WaylandConsultingGroup.com. Pleasure to speak with you today, Joe. Yeah, man, pleasure here. Awesome. You have a good one. You too, man. Joe's outbound engineering concept is a game changer. If you're interested in exploring it further, I've included a link in the description to an awesome Google Doc that he has on his website that outlines his entire system. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.